Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadeen. Today is Tuesday, August 1st. Coming up, this summer, communities across the U.S. have suffered from extreme heat waves, and Kansas City is no exception. We see lots and lots of concrete and asphalt materials. They are really dark. They can absorb lots and lots of the solar radiation. The temperature above those asphalt and concrete materials, generally speaking, is going to be much hotter than the other surfaces. We'll hear why cities are often hotter and ideas for cooling them down. But first, some headlines. Missouri is scheduled to execute Johnny Johnson today. Johnson was convicted of killing six-year-old Casey Williamson in 2002. A federal appeals court initially halted Johnson's execution last week, but reversed its decision this weekend. Johnson's lawyers say their client has schizophrenia, suffers from delusions, and is unable to understand the relationship between his crime and the punishment. In a statement, Missouri Governor Mike Parson says Johnson is mentally competent to be executed and called the crime one of the most horrific murders to come across his desk. Missouri has executed three people so far this year. Johnson and Wyandotte counties are holding primary elections today. KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV has details on what's at stake in two of the highest populated counties in Kansas. In Johnson County, Lenexa, Merriam, Olathe, Overland Park, and Prairie Village have city council or school board elections. In Wyandotte, voters will decide on half of the seats on the Unified Government's Board of Commissioners and three seats on its Board of Public Utilities. A number of cities will also vote on city council and school board seats. Polls are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Voters can find additional election information on Kansas's Secretary of State website. Critics of Evergy's plan to hike electricity prices in Kansas warn that it would put the health of elderly people in danger. Celia Yopis Jepson of the Kansas News Service reports. Evergy says its first increase to base rates in five years is less than the inflation over that time. But Democratic Wichita Senator Olitha Faust-Godot urged the electricity company to look for ways to help retirees. She says people with fixed incomes can struggle to pay for cooling their homes. Because if you raise the rate across the board, some will be able to pay and some won't. And with this type of weather, uh, deaths will incur. Monthly bills would jump about $14 for the average household in the company's central Kansas region. Bills would rise about $350 for the average Kansas City metro household. Separately, Missouri customers will pay more for energy during peak demand hours starting this fall. We'll be back after this. Last week, heat indexes in the metro reached more than 110 degrees, leaving many wondering when it would end and how much worse things could get in years to come. I sat down with Feng Peng Swin, a professor of climate science at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, to find out. He studies sustainability, urban climates, and the future of climate change. He told me why cities turn into urban heat islands that are hotter than surrounding suburban and rural areas, and how cities can cool off by installing reflective roofing and pavement. 
So I think more and more people in our area are starting to see the tangible effects of climate change in their daily lives with all of this heat recently. I'm wondering what changes to the climate and temperatures can we expect in the future? I wish I'm not a wizard. I wish I can tell you the answers. Uh, however, you know, I don't have the crystal balls. I mean, first of all, you talk about the, you know, we have been experiencing more and more heat events, heat extremes. Right now, we are just uh, experiencing probably one of the biggest heat, heat wave event so far this year. And uh, according to, you know, climate uh, research, you know, in climate studies, we use something we call climate models to tell us what might be happening in the future. So according to the predictions, projections, they say we're going to see you know, uh, warmer temperature on average. But in terms of the warmer temperature, there's also changes in the extreme events, such as heat waves. Likely you know, in the future, we might experience more and more this type of heat wave events. And in terms of the frequency, it's going to happen more and more. And also intensity, it might even hotter. And uh, likely the duration of the heat wave event might be also longer as well. But when you talk about climate change, temperature increase is not only climate change signals. There are also some other consequences because of the warming. For example, we also care about the precipitation change. You know, are we going to have a wetter future or are we going to have a drier future? And also in terms of the frequency of the extreme precipitation events, that's also going to be an issue to us. I think likely, you know, according to the recent climate research, we are going to be able to experience more and more this kind of two extremes in terms of precipitation. One is kind of no precipitation, which means a kind of severe drought. And uh, the other extreme is going to be like lots and lots of precipitation, heavy a heavy precipitation, and as a result, it's going to have more flooding on the surface ground. So likely, we're going to experience those type of you know extremes more and more frequently in the future. So how will cities in particular be affected by this? Oh, I'm happy that you asked this. Actually, you know, this heat could be exacerbated by this one of the phenomena we call the urban heat island effect. So what do you mean by the urban heat island effect? You think about the temperature at, uh, you know, the urban core areas, let's say the red center in the middle of the town compared to temperature measurement, for example, in the rural areas or suburban areas. You know, here in the climate research, we find out, you know, in the cities, temperature usually, most of the time, is hotter than the suburban and the you know, surrounding rural areas. This is so-called urban heat island effect. And when you think about you have you know, everywhere is experienced the heat wave, well, because of the urban heat island effect, technically in the cities, people living in the cities is going to be get worse, worse impact of the extreme heat events. So what can people do to prepare for the impacts that climate change will have on their lives? First of all, you know, physically speaking, I think, you know, you have to drink a lot of water, right? Keep yourself, mm -hmm. you know, hydrated. That's very, very important. I think also uh, you need to try to avoid some kind of outdoor activities, especially during the you know, afternoon, late afternoon or early evening, that's basically the time of the day that we're going to experience the hottest temperature. And also yet we need to think about, you know, try to wear some kind of, you know, light color, you know, a t-shirt, you know, those kind of light weighted and light colored materials. Actually, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, actually at UMKC, I was involved in a project. We just do a very simple experiment. We, we I think we got like 10 t-shirts, exactly the same materials. Well, that have different colors. And then we have a very white color and a dark color. We have kind of 10 different colors. And then we just expose those t-shirts in the same, same area, 
exposed to the sun, and then we measure the temperature of the T-shirt, and we find out you know that here for those kind of white and very light colors, the temperature is relatively cool. While uh -huh. to the dark blue and the black colors, they are really really high temperatures. This is something related to the so-called albedo. They're going to be able to reflect more solar radiation. Well, your body, your T-shirt, we're going to receive less amount of energy that keep you keep you keep you cool. What can cities do to try to mitigate the urban heat island effect? I think there's lots of what we call the mitigation strategies we are able to utilize to reduce the urban heat, especially in the, you know, in the cities. The first one I think is rather easy, plant more trees. And uh, because, you know, as mentioned, uh, you know, for, especially for large trees with large canopies, you are able to you know, provide the shade. Right, and people can utilize the shade to get away from the really hot weather and temperature. Uh, the second one is there's something you know we call the cool roof, and the idea is that it's related to the you know different colors might have different reflexibility, the so-called different albedos. You think about the cool roofs, the whitish roof, so you can able to reflect more solar radiation while receive less. You know because traditionally we typically use this kind of really dark color the roof materials. And uh, if we are able to change the roof in you know, the colors, simply change the color to cool roofs, I think that's going to be a way to try to you know, mitigate the urban heat. Uh, another one I think is, is rather new that has been discussed in the recent couple of years is called the cool pavement. That's have been done by many cities such as Phoenix, such as uh, San Antonio, and Los Angeles, the idea is that they just try to paint the, first of all, they can paint the, you know, the road into whitish and also they are able to apply a kind of special material to the existing, you know, asphalt materials. And uh, they are able to measure the temperature difference between traditional asphalt materials versus the new asphalt material with you know the new material uh, input. They are able to tell the you know temperature could be hugely different. I mean that we are also trying to. I think this is also a way, a methodology, a strategy to elevate the heat impact on you know on people. So, what are some possibilities for Kansas City when it comes to climate change? What what are some things that might happen? It really depends on how much of greenhouse gases we're going to put into the atmosphere. So according to the newly, uh, I think, last year, the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, they released the newest IPCC climate change assessment report. So we have different kind of scenarios for the future. One is called, I think they have probably five or six different scenarios ranging from something we call the mitigation scenario to the so-called business as usual scenario. So for the mitigation scenario, which means nowadays we know it's very important and we want to try to do something to reduce our carbon emissions. For example, uh, using, the, uh, using the renewable energy and try to replace the you know, fossil fuel, for example. And this is going to be something that is really hard to achieve, but that could be a potential you know, scenario. We are going to try our very best to reduce the carbon emissions. That's so-called mitigation scenario. Another scenario you think about here, we are not going to do anything. We just keep it going, just let it go. And for those kind of business as usual scenario, likely the global average temperature could be somewhere around about seven to eight degrees warmer than nowadays. While for the mitigation scenario, that number we are going to be significantly lower. It's still going to be you know, warm up in the future, but likely it's going to be probably around you know, two to three Fahrenheit. So that's going to be very, very, you know, different.
How do you feel about the future? Are you optimistic that we can make these changes? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I, I I'm teaching a class at UMKC called Climate Change Impact Assessment. You know, I was always asked by my students. The first one, you know, yeah, I, I'm optimistic. We know climate change is a big issue. It's good. It, it's probably one of the biggest challenges, you know, that our Earth and the environment are facing right now. Uh, but you know, we want to be optimistic. You know, we have the technology. We are able to do something that you know. 10, 10 years ago, or even probably, you know, 100 years ago, we are not able to do. So we definitely have the development technology which can help us reduce the reliance on those traditional uh, fossil fuels. But we still want to make sure that there's going to be a huge challenge. You know, even though we know that future is going to be determined by the how much carbon that we're going to release to the atmosphere. But the question is that even we now, let's say for example, extreme case, we stop everything. No carbon emission to the atmosphere. However, end of the century might be also see the warmer temperature. That's simply because we already released lots of carbon into the atmosphere. Even though we stop em emission, so you're going to still live in the atmosphere for you know, decades, probably hundreds of years. So it's going to have still have an impact on the nature's climate system. So somehow we also need to acknowledge those challenges as well. That was UMKC professor Feng Peng Sun. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Gabriella Lacey, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.